The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat, and you can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Knows Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you have heard, just heard, comes from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. And uh, this podcast uh, comes from the Cold Slither podcast, well... It's a joint effort, I guess. But anyway, uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and give us uh, all the five-star reviews. Yes. Um, I will save the, 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 the later bits for later. So we're going to get into books, folks. Uh, and we're going to start off with uh, Dark Web X-Men number one of, I believe, three. Yes, it is one of three. Uh, this issue, Dark Web X-Men number one, is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Rod Rice. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So we are now officially deep into the dark web crossover, which spans a couple of uh, limited series that are related to this dark web event. And it basically runs through uh, the Spider-Man corner of the marvel universe uh, essentially through uh, uh the pages of amazing spider-man and some dedicated uh series like uh the gold goblin and uh obviously venom kind of lives in the uh spider-man corner of the marvel universe and there's a there's a a host of one shots and and small and short limited series that are related to dark web and so this issue finds us catching up with uh the x-men side of this crossover slash uh, uh mini event and if you're not familiar with the x-men at christmas it's about time you did 
because the X-Men at Christmas, especially on the streets of New York City, is a uh, I don't want to say it's like Beauty and the Beast. It's not exactly a tale as old as time, but it is a tale that goes back to uh, the X-Men essentially, uh, you know, at least in the modern era, you know, like post Giant's Eyes. Any, the the, the X-Men at Christmas uh, is almost, a, you know, is, 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 you know, obviously a yearly occurrence, uh, but very much a regular occurrence post Giant's Eyes X-Men. So we, we catch up with... The events of the uh, that dark web. Uh, it was a one shot, right? At the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the event. I mean, the way you know, they, it's a it's, it was basically an alpha. So it's, it's right. It's, so I guess if you count them the way they they're doing, it, it's probably like a two shot or a two issue. If they're counting, you know, alpha. I mean, t- t- the the dusk and the dawn is like joined. You know, right? So right, 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 right. So, um, hold on. Is this, well, I'm looking at the checklist at the back of the book. So I, you know, I guess it doesn't mention, uh, the Dawn book on this, uh, checklist in January. Right. And, so well, because I, they do the same I, thing. I mentioned that. Right. Cause they did the same thing as they did with desk. They don't really mention it on the, the checklist, but it's like in the page. I mean, in the book, mm-hmm. weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So, but in any event, as I said, we're you know we're 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 catching up with the events of that that uh, that dusk book, um, you know, on the on on the streets of New York, basically centered in and around Rockefeller Center and the Christmas tree located at uh, Rockefeller Center. You know, we open with a quickie uh, catch up for anyone who has missed out on the events of. Uh, New Mutants recently, and uh, specifically on the history of Ileana Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic, and how she has, you know, uh, come into her power, but at the same time has uh, passed along her right to rule Limbo to one, spoiler alert, Goblin Queen, a.k.a. Madeline Pryor, which leads to most of the events that are happening in this dark web uh, crossover slash mini event. So, uh, holiday related Inferno, uh, slash Inferno related hijinks ensue during this issue. So if you are in any way familiar at all with what happened in the 1980s event crossover, crossover event Inferno, guess what? A lot of this stuff will seem familiar, but with more, 2022 twists although there are definitely mailboxes attacking patrons and violence against christmas trees uh, uh, apparently is the the order of the day in a couple of books in this book and another book this week <laughs> so yes uh, which is related but um it's uh it's amusing i think this i know agent 70 is kind of slightly down on this one if, if i was reading what you were saying earlier before the show uh right but yes i i don't know i kind of like this issue weirdly enough because there are some you know it i wouldn't say it doesn't take much to kind of get me but if you get the certain things together then it kind of does like the whole x-men and in, in, uh the whole x-men and christmas thing but also you know we got a call back to inferno 
um, uh, in the mix also. But the the key things for me is that we get a um, a team up in, in this one that harkens back to the eighties um, be, between uh, Spider Man and a couple of X Men of note. So, right. Some friends who might actually be amazing. Exactly. And there's note. Exactly. And there's even actually uh, a funny reference to uh, one of those um, the more you knows type situations in there. I was like, okay, well done, Jerry Duggan. Like, I know he's probably of a certain vintage. Well, he is not even a, a he's definitely of a certain vintage to, 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 uh, to know of those stuff. But um, right. You know the uh, that those little touches right there kind of um, kind of was amusing, and of course, being it's Christmas time, um, and there was a reference to another uh, annual or usually annual staple uh, that they talk about in the the book, which unfortunately um, has been taken away from network TV. But I'm sure you will be able to catch it, uh, you know, one way or the other. But that being said, like I said, th- those were the touches in this issue that I kind of enjoyed of it. Um, it is notable that if you are actually for some reason keeping up with this um, uh, with this event, the checklist is slightly off because it would definitely do you a better service to read this book before you read Amazing Spider-Man number 15, which is the first... Uh, the the first uh, issue listed after the um, the dark web number one book we talked about the the dust book we talked about last week because uh, this book kind of fills in a, at the very least one meeting uh, in the Amazing Spider Man uh, book which we, I'm sure we will talk about in a minute right because at the end of the day that's where it comes you know it's it's obvious that it's a little out of sequence mm-hmm. and I had read Amazing just you know, blindly without looking at any sort of reading order or checklist. Mm -hmm. So when I read them, uh, essentially back to back, I had that, you know, I had that sinking feeling that, uh, I was reading them out of order, not knowing that the checklist had it in the order I read it. Right. So everyone who read it in the order that I read it as per the checklist must've had that same feeling of, wait, this doesn't exactly fit. Uh, chronologically, but at the end of the day, it all sort of comes together. But it would have helped to have read, I believe, as Roddy Cat said, Dark Web X Men number one first. Right, and I was also one of those people who read it in the order that it is not because I read Amazing first and then Dark Web. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, it definitely would read way better if you read. Um, well, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's noticeable enough. Let's say I'm not gonna say it's like it's not going to kill it for you, but it's like yeah, it would make way more sense to have read Dark Web before Amazing. Right. It makes you what it what it did to me is that it made me stop and be like, wait, when did that happen? Exactly. So that's 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 enough of a, a of a knock that you have to kind of you know kind of wonder who screwed up. Was it an intern who put that reading list together? Was it the editor that, you know, screwed that up? You know, that's actually, you know, a, 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 a really legitimate, fair, more than fair criticism right. of how this was all put together. Right. And this stuff has been done like months in advance of, of it coming out. So they, right. you know, within four to six months, at the very least, uh, 
So probably longer than that because I know they have the retreats where they kind of map the stuff out. But still, from them mapping it out to actually doing it is still some time. Uh, right. Yeah, you would think that kind of that would have been caught or something. I don't know. Or maybe that's where they wanted it for some some silly reason. I don't know. That it, that wouldn't make any sense because usually how these events go is like, yeah, you kind of want to address the thing first before you call back to it. <laughs> now, Pretty granted, much. Always, that doesn't always, that is not always the case, but more often than not should be the case. Pretty much. So, but yeah, like I said, I enjoyed this uh, uh, more, uh, this uh, this issue more than uh, Agent 70 did, I think. Uh, right. Because I of the stuff what, I mentioned. I, I, what I was going to say is, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. I groaned at the um, at the at the, uh, the 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 Spider Friends team up. Hmm. Okay. Just because of the way Duggan wrote it, I enjoyed seeing it. I was not a fan of how he portrayed their interactions. I, okay, I kind of agree with you there, especially at the end of it. Yeah. Um, even though he was. Even though it, it made sense what he was saying, because like, yeah, we we were young, we didn't, <laughs> we weren't thinking any different, any any better or worse about the team. Well, I mean, sometimes we were, maybe we were, but the, that the particular team up, we didn't think that much about when we were younger, watching, you know, watching uh, the Spider Man. So, mm-hmm. but yes, I I I can agree with you on that. So. And yep. plus, a couple of things that Spidey was saying coming into it. Um, was like that seems kind of wrong. <laughs> like I know he was making a joke, but it was like oh, okay, you know, it's like like you know these people are going through some stuff, but but at the same time you got to be you know. But if we, if we know Peter for anything, making some jokes that may or may not land like they're supposed to. I mean, I get that Duggan is writing the main X book, mm-hmm. and obviously it's all coming out of the. Uh, coming out of the aftermath of judgment day and orcus right coming out smelling like roses from that event despite the fact that they are obviously hell bent on the destruction of mutant kind so it's you know it's just another little tidbit that duggan is adding into that you know you know as follow-up to that story Mm -hmm. you know the, the fact that spidey you know has has bought into the propaganda uh, you know, it does not seem out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, that is the case. But, um, but yeah, on the other side of this, uh, um, we see a team of X-Men going into limbo to try to, I'm assume, talk down Madeline prior, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Goblin Queen or get to her at the very least. And uh, at least one of the, uh, members of this, this, this team, has uh, some history with her, and uh, there in that there's a callback in the uh, near the end of the story to um, well in the midst of the, to their relationship, but also a callback to the original Inferno. In that, right? So, which is kind of amusing to me. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much Dark Web X Men number one. Oh, the only other thing, and I think I'm going to have an issue with another issue with this uh, with this event, which I already have a couple, is that we see like basically a, what amounts to a cameo appearance from another hero who supposedly is involved with the story, but I'm thinking why was what was the purpose of them being a, 
being here if they're not doing anything significant with them. It just it was like, hey, it showed up and then boost them off someplace else. Like, what's the point of that? So Right, with even a note. Right. To something that's coming up. So I'm like, okay. And that and if that ends up being a pretty much a non starter, I'm gonna be way more upset about this. Because it's like you didn't need to do this. Like it's 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 it, it makes no sense. But right. like I said, we're gonna try to bear it out and see what happens. Uh, that being said, I guess we can well, go. I was about to say, you're oh, thinking sorry, of the about. amazing issue, right? Well, yeah, I was about to say, well, is that where this, they show up or is that? In, yeah, you're right. It does. Is, uh, um, yeah, I was about to say you're, yeah, you're, you're mixing and matching the two dark web issues that came well, out this week. So we might as well transition over to that. Right. So Amazing Spider-Man number 15 is the other dark web crossover issue that came out this week. Amazing Spider-Man number 15 is written by Zeb Wells. With pencils by Ed McGuinness, inks by Cliff Rathburn, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite, favorite lettering Python. So, uh, again, just as we said with Dark Web X-Men number one, we are in the uh, immediate aftermath of the latest version of the Inferno story in New York City. Uh, this is a little bit less obvious that it is Christmas time because Ed McGinnis draws the first group of people that are running, uh, in shorts. Now, let me say this. There are weird people in New York city running around in 20 or 10 degree weather wearing shorts. There's mm-hmm. plenty of them out there. They're out there running. Some of them are not even out there running. They're just being. And they're and they're just wearing, you know, athletic clothes, doing what they got to do. So at the end of the day, yeah, global warming has made us experience warmer winters, but it's not that warm, not yet. So, you know, th- there's a little disconnect for me when I was reading this, despite the fact that McGinnis on the very next sequence of pages, not this opening set of pages, but the next sequence of pages has Christmas trees in it. Right. So one thing I told Roddy Cat before we started is that McGinnis's art was a little jarring to me in this. Just some of it was. And I think that was part of it. Uh, I'm just not that used to seeing him on a Spidey book. Obviously, they tapped him to draw this so that he could draw uh, an Ed McGinnis style Venom, who does appear in this book uh, uh, pretty often. And this is where that guest appearance from a hero who is tied into this uh, this crossover with, I believe, one or two issues of a one shot uh, of a limited series. Mm-hmm. That's where we see, you know, this hero who unfortunately does not have. Uh, does not have a solo series right now, once did, but is currently essentially acting as a very fairly prominent, I don't want to say very, but a fairly prominent guest star in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Right. I had two um, two audio clips for this person. One having to do with uh, the Dark Web issue from last week that still kind of applies. But also, I don't know if this is going to play, but, um... When I bash you... Oh. Hold on. 
This is probably not going to play. I mean, no one's going to eat your eyes. That's pretty much that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Some fans, Where's that some, from? Uh, this is uh, a uh, dude named Jonathan Colton. He does like songs like that. He's been doing it for like years, and that's all, like one of his old songs. Oh, um, I was about to say that's the dude that works with Greg Park on uh, on um, what you want to call it uh, uh, on on some of those children's books. Oh yeah, that is correct. Yes. So, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. All right. You well, you were saying, but yeah. So outside of that, um, I, yeah, and I don't know. I think I've said everything I needed to say because outside of that goes back to my comment to, uh, going into this issue about the other hero that that shows up. Well, no, you, and that you just mentioned also, um, that that kind of shows up, but they just kind of let them to just kind of bring him in, bring him out. Which I'm like. That's going to be a very bad thing if they if they bring this person in and, and just not use them for anything significant. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say about this. I said um, I, I like Dark the the X Men book better than this um, than this amazing issue. But, yep, I agree you know. with that. But like I said, this event seems as as we were talking about before the show seems like okay, this might not be anything significant, like. I don't want to say we're wasting our time, but we might be wasting our time <laughs> unless something comes out of this uh, event that's going to be significant, which I doubt. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, what were we expecting, right? Yeah, pretty much. And, it, it, you know, even going in, we said going into this thing, it was like it's some of the stuff that even the cat happened to be the catalyst of this event don't make any sense. So, right. Like I said, um, if this is just to get out here to get, you know, to get um, Norman, which I be, wouldn't be surprised if the kids were like, no, we're going to give Norman a little um, a little side book instead of, um, you know, that has to do with something uh, and as opposed to a standalone adventure, you know, might as well tie it to something, quote unquote, significant as an event, as, as they tend to do. And then everything else around that is just what it is. Like that's the only thing I could think of this, that would come out of this, but even that's not good enough for me at this point. So, that being said, unless you got something else, no, 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 we can move on to the next book: the princess who saved her friends and the princess. Um, uh, I'm just thinking of the that Jonathan Colton. I'm trying. I couldn't remember the. Uh, the the collaboration that he and Greg Pak had, the princess who saved herself and the princess who saved her friends. Mm, gotcha. Oh, was that okay? Yeah, I guess that about the that collaboration. Yep. Um. Yeah, Tak Miyazawa did the art on that, so that's why it sounds familiar mm. to you folks. Because I I I personally have bought a couple copies of them, and uh, that's why the name rang a bell when when uh, Roddy Cat mentioned it. Right. 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 Okay. And here I thought you wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, caught that, but I didn't. I totally forgot about that collaboration between them. So, <laughs> so you got me on that one. Um, Chronicles, folks. We are <laughs> we have a, a a wealth of information, not necessarily on our fingertips, right? And full of surprises. Um, I guess we'll hit the new number. Well, one of the two number ones of the week. I guess. Um, 
since we both read them. Uh, right. Well, one of them is. I'm sorry. No, no. What's up? No, I just dropped something. Oh. <clears throat> one of them is acknowledged to be a five issue limited series, mm-hmm. but the other one is presumably an ongoing. Mm-hmm. That is Invincible Iron Man number one. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Juan Frigari, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters again by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. We are hot on the heels of the Cantwell run on Iron Man finishing, and we find ourselves in the next installment of the story of Tony Stark and, at least as they say it in the MCU, the Iron Man. And I will let Roddy Cat carry this forward, but I did see his notes on this, and I agree that you know it was fun at least for a little while to go down memory lane with uh if not the armor, some of the experiences, the life experiences of Tony Stark throughout the pages of this book, and even the hairstyles made <laughs> yes. me chuckle. Because yes. they make, you know, Duggan makes a point of it. Mm-hmm. Duggan, I, I, you know, obviously Duggan and Frigary. You know, Frigary's art does match um, what um, what Duggan was trying to get at by mimicking some of the Bob Layton. That's the Bob Layton era Iron Man mm-hmm. art right there. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, does does a good job at um, you know, as a, as as um, as a you know, putting people in mind of it who's who's been there because like that was the kind of the run of Iron Man which I was still reading, um, which was also still funny. But yeah, so yeah, we're we start off with the uh, a trek down memory lane. But this is for for folks who probably are more used to being to uh, the MCU version of Tony and might not know some of the, the events, even though one or two may have been touched on in the MCU, but. Um, I'm actually almost surprised that there was one particular incident that wasn't called towards, uh, and that him that was him being shot. Uh, but I guess there's a reason for that. But yeah, so we, we're as we're strolling down this um, new number one, getting folks called up. There's a couple of there's at least one memory of recent note that I don't remember. That gets called uh, called called to like I know there's been interactions. I remember the interaction, but also don't remember the. What you mean, like the mysterious appearance of the of, of a of a of a simulacrum of the Wu Tang Clan? That also was just it was kind of funny. <laughs> that part I enjoyed, but no, no, no. Um, but no, I was talking about the interaction of uh, Tony and Emma and uh, Fei Long. Particularly what Fei Long was uh, addressing or was uh, recalling, because it was a book from 2012, to which you know we read a lot of books, folks. So it's kind of you know it's a the a, first the first health the the no uh, this was well Avengers. no this, this interaction wasn't the first um, which we'll call it uh, wasn't wasn't regarding uh, uh, Avengers 2012 one to 31. That's um. Uh, that's... that was the footnote. No, I know, but isn't that Hickman? 
That's what I was thinking. But that was like, does it actually go back that far? That's kind of again. Our show goes back that far, huh? Our show does go back that far. This is this is also true, but um, but it's like you know that first run of Hickman one to thirty one, right? We're right in the middle of you know, like we start the show right in the middle of it, right? So I was like, but I still, but that being the case, you're right, and I'm like, I still don't remember that happening, which I almost went and go went back to uh to kind of research that to see what was what actually happened in and those issues that were referenced. But it was like, eh, I'll do it some other time. Because <laughs> right. I wanted to go ahead and get my books out of the way. Uh either way, um the 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 track down memory lane uh goes into some current goings ons like we you know that stem from Tony's last volume which just got finished with the the Canterwell run, which was actually pretty great. Um, all, you know, all told in spots, you know, I, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's, it's irrelevant. It's over with now. I was about to say it didn't feel like it did anything, but it actually did. But, you know, it, it, there's, we'll see what still comes out of that. Um, but, uh, we find Tony in a particular place. We find, you know, he's still kind of dealing with some of that stuff with his, with his finances, but is also getting hit with other other things uh in the course of this issue a couple of times and um which causes him to kind of uh you know digress or not digress um uh it's basically another one of those hit you know what what happens yes you regress thank you that was yes that's exactly what i meant so but it's it basically is turning into one of those. Oh, well, let's see what happens when the when the hero hits rock bottom stories, and and that part kind of had me groaning because right. I'm like, we've been there, we've been there with this particular character, we've been there with a couple of different characters lately, and I'm not saying that that they don't come to come up to making good stories. It's just that we've seen enough of them, especially recently. It's just like, you know what? I I'm not sure if I'm. I have the bandwidth for another one, but maybe again, this is going to, you know, come up into something, you know, it's going to be something different, you know, always try to give things the benefit of the doubt, but I'm sitting here like, why are we here again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the way I looked at it is that I understood mm-hmm. and it's a very realistic depiction of this addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's a problem, that it's a recurring problem. Agreed. That it's never, ever cured. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just not. Mm-hmm. And I and I agree with that depiction of it, but I also agree with your take on it. That why, again, it's like again and again and again and again. So that's the hard part. Right. And I also wanted to just add a footnote here. December of 2012 is when the Avengers Hickman run started. Isn't that scary? <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah, just yeah. looked it up on Marvel Unlimited. It's... Published December 2012. Holy cow. Yeah. Holy cow. So I believe uh, this show started in f- technically February because that's when Tim started the show in February and then the rest of it, well, the rest of y'all came in like shortly thereafter. And then I came in probably that summer. 
Or, right. Like yeah. we were in discussions about it, you know, probably like late 2012, early 13. Hmm. You know, like especially through, you know, the uh, the original founder of the CSPN. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, which, again, yeah, well, we got another anniversary coming up. Actually, we got another big milestone right. coming up, actually. Um, right. Speaking. So of, that's so. isn't that folks? That's you know, that that's one of those, you know, you know what I'm going to play here, folks. I mean, you know, it's it's always appropriate. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> but yeah. You know, when that number, Avengers 2012, number 1 to 31, came up in that footnote, that editor's note, you're just like, that can't be right, but it is. Wait, was it 31 or 3? I thought it was just 3. That no, number was... 1 through 31. That's the scan. It's the span of issues that if you look at the, the note, the editor's note, it's pages, right it's numbers 1 through 31. Right. So... I'm looking at the wrong doggone book. But anyway, while I'm doing that, um, regardless, it's still, <laughs> yeah, that's still, yeah. Oh yeah. I thought that was a, um, exclamation point. Actually, that still looks like an exclamation point. Oh, maybe it is one to three. Maybe it is one to three, but at the end of the day, it's still the right, it's still the right, right. citation. Still right, that, the, yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the and, right volume of Avengers. And time frame, so regardless, of, yeah, yeah, it is right. a, it's, it's an exclamation point, but still, it's yeah, that's a while ago, folks. <laughs> We've been doing this a good yeah. minute. Yep, um, yep, 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 yep. But but back to invitational buyer. That, uh, that's our point yeah. in a nutshell. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to remember stuff from way back when. Um, it's a couple of little side things kind of took me. It's like, when did own, Tony own a PS4 looking building? Cause I don't remember that particular era or whatever that was, but, um, that's a whole nother thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, for a, I will say for a number one issue, as much as I said earlier about being back here on another hit rock bottom type story, I'm still kind of interested to see where this is going. Uh, if it's going to go anywhere, I kind of trust G uh, Jerry Duggan. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like I, I, I believe he's not going to do do bad by the character, uh, or you know, so or anybody uh, that is going to be that is associated with the character. Although I've seen what's coming up, and I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But without knowing what's actually going to happen in the next issue, because we only got the the one preview page uh, at the end of this issue. Um, but I am still on board for now. So this is kind of one of those like, okay, let's see what he can do to try to make it any different than what we've seen before. Because, you know, we have uh, side characters of Rhodey and uh, um, Riri Williams kind of in the fold also. So I don't know what part they're going to be playing, but we do know at least one of them is going to show up next issue. Um, there was a part in this... Uh, in this uh in this issue also kind of tickled me because there was an interaction between him and um Jen Walters She-Hulk mm -hmm. which ended a certain way I'm like hey, you got balls pal <laughs> <laughs> luckily she's professional cuz that could have gone a different way if she wasn't but you know shout out to shout out to uh Jen Walters for being professional and I recognize in that in that particular um uh, occupation you have to be as i'm sure agent 70 can attest to right you know so 
that's pretty much all I have to say about uh, Invincible Iron Man. Uh, I don't know what else you got on it. No, that's pretty much it. Although I, I am enjoying, thanks to, and, and folks, we are not sponsored by them. We are not <laughs> shilling for them. But I, I, I'm really enjoying uh, flipping through. Yeah, I guess it is one to three. Because at the end of the day, issue four um, goes into another story. Mm. Um, uh, but that Hickman run of Avengers, of Avengers, especially, especially with some of the killer art on this opening arc by uh, Jerome Pena. Oh my goodness! Mm. Oh, that run was great. We I think we pretty much. I know, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, I know. About I got those signed by Jerome Pena. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure we gloat about it uh, for for any part we talked about. So I'm not surprised by that, you know, and yeah, what it led up first to. So. Issues, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So makes me want to go down and look at my old back issues, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I like I said because of reading this issue, I was like, I kind of, I kind of want to revisit. It. I didn't realize it was the the. Well, I guess I should have realized it was a Hickman run given the time frame, but. Um, yeah, I I might actually kind of skim through a little bit of that myself uh, sometime this weekend. So. All, right. All right, so we have covered three books. We don't have too many more. Do you want to cover one more and then go rapid fire? Sure. We'll just uh, do Monica Rambeau Photon. Might as well, yeah. Monica Rambeau Photon, number one of five. This is the other one, number one issue that came out. With, this is what I referred to earlier. As being a five-issue limited series, it's written by Evel Ewing, with art by Luca Moresca, with Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So we welcome back the code name of Photon into the possession of one Monica Rambeau. Now we've had debates on this very show over the reasoning behind this. Mm-hmm. They actually do not mention the code name Switch, although they do mention the original identity, masked identity that Monica Rambeau used when she was initially introduced in the Marvel Universe. And that is a source of some jokes. Yes. Yes, it is. That was tickled when I saw the. But also. Shout out to Eve Ewing because she's pretty much uh, saying what I'm pretty sure some folks uh, have thought <laughs> in 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 those. Oh words. yeah, she's putting yeah she's putting yeah she's putting the words onto paper. Mm-hmm. So I am not mad at it, but we definitely do get a um, just like with uh, Invincible Iron Man number one, we do get a little walk down memory lane with Monica. Um, in her past, and uh, as we just said, her past uh, identity—at least one of her past identities—and um, it brought up uh, a part that I remember having read Avengers in when uh, she was leading it, and uh, some things happening around that, and I'm, which also makes me curious as to the preview page that we saw. Because it sounds like from the PV page, not to skip ahead to that part, but it sounds like we're skipping to another chapter in uh, in her history that I know Agent Seventy has not read. But it could go a couple of different ways with with what they were uh, with who they might have been referring to. 
Right. It's but I seems to need one particular oh, girl. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm no, I just said um, it, but it seemed like it's, it's centering on one person in particular. And if, if I'm if I'm reading that right, so I'm sorry. Gotcha. What were you gonna say? Gotcha. Well, I mean, you, you you touched upon something that I was going to admit to anyway. Is that that whole Leviathan story? Mm-hmm. I was out on Avengers at that point, and so I I I didn't understand, you know, like why. Uh, Captain Marvel, you know, aka Monica Rambeau, you know, you know, after 293 became, you know, uh, literally a shadow of her former self. Mm-hmm. And this is all like late 80s, you know, and I had just stepped away from the Avengers. I was probably neck deep, more than neck deep into uh, Uncanny at the time. Mm-hmm. And picking up some of like, you know, like the, the fledgling X Factor. And dealing with all of, you know, all the mutants, Inferno, all the crossovers, all that business in the late 80s. -hmm. And so I had stepped away from Avengers only to miss this part where Monica Rambeau loses her powers. So and I was on Avengers up until they left Olympus. And that's like late 87. Mm, Okay. Right. Late 87. I'm looking, you know, thanks again to Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> I can see the publishing dates on these books, so I can right. guess when these books came out because I own some of them still. And I believe this and was this particular was like eighty nine. No, eighty eight. Was it eighty eight? July eighty eight. Issue number two ninety three is when uh, they fight Leviathan. Mm. And so, you know, and all this stuff happens. So because this is uh, Leviathan is Marina, right? Right. So I, I, you know, all that stuff happened just as I stepped off the book, you know, as I stepped away from reading Avengers full time. Right. So you basically. Um, yeah. So you basically because I think some of the Dr. Druid stuff was also kind of getting getting um, getting in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, which is, which is, yeah, I still hate his behind for, for, for that part. So that's a whole nother situation right there. But yeah, um, uh, there was something else I was going to mention with this. Um, oh, shout out to, to, uh, Brian Stelfreeze for the, speaking of the Captain Marvel, um, the old Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel outfit, uh, for the, uh, variant cover of which, uh, uh, he evokes that. So shout out to, to that, which if you're watching the um, the video version of the podcast, you can see what I'm talking about. At right. This point. All right. So um, if you really want to see like, you know, the, you know, between issues 293 and 294, hmm. that's really where, you know, the whole, you know, the, the revelation of what happens to Monica really occurs. Just mm-hmm. giving you giving everybody the heads up. And the amusing thing about it is that she starts out this issue with it before kind of going back and forth with, you know, uh, with, with that part of it. I'm going to assume that each issue is probably going to touch on each iteration of when she's had to change, um, when she's had to change her name. For, yeah. And Costas, identity, at least. Yeah, that is also right. And also, I'm kind of wondering it's building up to why she went back to Photon. That is a speculation yeah, on my part. That makes so, sense. That makes yeah. some sense. Yeah. That makes some sense. I appreciate that Spidey uh, made an appearance here in this issue yes. because he, in fact, w- it was in his book that she made her first appearance. Amazing Spider-Man annual number 16, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, 
I still have I still have that issue. <laughs> hey, good for you. I saw it on the stand. I didn't pick it up. I just don't think I had the money for it. Right. I still don't have the one. I think the one thing I don't have is that she had a one shot, like a, a I think it was a Captain Marvel one shot um, from sometime after that. But I never, and I think it's out there on um, Marvel Unlimited. But I that's the one thing I I'm still looking for. Got it. Good, my fan. But anywho, um, but yeah, this was a good, it's a good start of an issue. Like I said, for, for folks who are not um, f- familiar with Monica Rambo outside of you know recent, uh, uh, probably WandaVision probably got 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 a lot of people because of, of uh, uh, you know not much familiarity. But uh, she did, or maybe a newer enough comic book to see one of, of the few places that she's shown up recently. Or lately, mm-hmm. I guess, because I mean, we know she's in Thunderbolts now, and you know she's kind of showed up here and there. She's shown up in Spidey in the last, um, I think, was it? No, it wasn't even the last one. It was the Nick Spencer's run, or was it? I, that's the stuff's kind of going together. Because remember, she was working with um, Misty and Colleen to to get that Beyond stuff, right? So that uh, I think that might have been either right. Or... She was dressed up like she was in Next Wave, right? Correct. Um... And I think that was, but that was recent enough, regardless, uh, to where some people may not may know her from there. Like, right. You know, Listen, you may your 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 thinking of what uh, Evel Ewing is doing might be very much on track. Without, mm-hmm. I mean, you may have looked at the solicitations. I don't know. Mm-mm. You know, maybe that I was about to say maybe that clues you in a little bit. You know, like maybe with the covers or whatnot. But I think you're probably right in that this is a path of you know, discovery and kind of reflection on her past. So, you know, so which leads her to like re-embrace the photon identity, obviously to, you know, kind of match the MCU version of the character. I wanted to add that I was sad to read one bit of gossipy type uh, revelation in this book, oh. which is the, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know when that, uh, when if that occurred anywhere else, like in another book on panel or on on page, right? I don't either. But I know, here I know it was dealt about. with off panel, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's just mentioned in passing. But apparently, the Blue Marvel and Cap and 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 the former Captain Marvel, now Photon, are no longer a thing. I hate when they do that. I really this has happened to enough characters. Just like, why do you do that? And you know, well, one I didn't want to see it because I felt like one they were pretty good together, and two, yes, we've seen both of these characters. As a matter of fact, we saw Blue Marvel in as recent as Defenders Beyond, and I want to say he was talking, well, not directly to her, but talking on the phone with her or something or other. So she was referenced in, in that, but there was no indication of you know them not being together anymore before this. Mm-hmm. And also, speaking of, calls the question as to when this is set. Because again, a character, uh, which I know we'll have some news on um, later on in the show, uh, a character appears in this who at this particular point is, I'm going to use air quotes here for the folks who can't see me, dead. Right. Uh, but they're still kind of around. But, you know, comments. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, and the, I'm not sure when this is supposedly set, which is a question, but it's almost probably after 
what news that I know is coming up in the, in the news section. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that's right. being set someplace different, but you know. Right. Oh, so it's her mother that mentions it. And yes. the father says uh, there was a bit of an age gap there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I remember when they first got together and I thought that too. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, well, it's just not that. Well, one, it's not that out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> and two, they were still all right together. I thought they were still good together. So right. I, kinda... I mean, you know, obviously his powers lend him to being very uh, slow at aging. Correct. Even with the gray hair. And probably hers, or at least hers at the time, because I know her power set has, I think, may have been changed again slightly. Mm-hmm. But um, I think at the time when she was when they were on the ultimate together, they were basically like, no, she, she's probably immortal at this point. So Likely, um, but we'll see. Yeah. So But I think she's back to being like more human. I think that it's been said that someplace I can't remember that she's kind of more of human leveled but still mm. powerful so we'll see that that all things change in, in comics book with the exception of certain certain things so and monica rambo is no stranger to having like she's not i'm not going to say she's like carol level of you know craziness with her backstory but she's heard her um you know her superhero identity has changed enough times and she has gone through a few different things here and there to where she's almost up there. She's kind of close. Like Carol's way different. Cause her, her backstory kind of goes all over the place. So, but yeah, like I said, enjoyable read. Shout out to Evel Ewing and, and, and crew. Uh, um, wait, who's doing art again? I forgot. Um, Luca Maresca and Ivan uh, Fiorelli for the art, which is, which is yeah. pretty nice. Um, although I got to tell you, uh, Luke, uh, was it Lucas Vernick? Mm-hmm. Is, did, did the cover? Yes. I was like a half second from yelling at Greg Land. I know you were. <laughs> a half second. I was like, no, not Greg Land. I looked at the I looked at the signature. I'm like, no, that's not him. I thought that too, because I was like, wait, that looks like Greg Land. But the, I, just like you, I, well, I don't have to, you know, but I thought that too, because like, yeah, that does kind of look like Land's art. You know, um, I but no, but like it took me. A second. I scrolled, I scrolled to you know, like my <laughs> eyes scrolled down to the uh, the the signature. I was like, it doesn't say land, right? Who is this? You know, <laughs> isn't that terrible? It, it is, but at the same time, I understand it. So because <laughs> because because of the resemblance, right? Yeah, yeah, it does look like it's like okay, they, they totally photo photo, you know, look the photo yeah, like a, that one. like an attempt at photorealism, right? Right. So I can right. kind of see that. Um, All right. So I guess, you know, we've covered most of our books. We only each have a couple of books left. We're like nominally going into rapid fire. Yep. Because we don't have that, you know, like this week, as opposed to last week, is a very light week in terms of published books that we would be reading. So I'm spinning it up. Rapid fire time, y'all. I ain't got time to bleed. Light them up. All I've got left is Batman Spawn number one. It is a one-shot, probably the first of two one-shots between DC and Image, just like they did in the 90s, where Spawn will be the lead character in the title from the Image version. This book is written by Todd McFarlane, with pencils by Greg Capullo, inks by Todd McFarlane, 
Colors by Dave McKagan. Letters by Tom Napolitano. Another lettering Paisan. So, for anyone that remembers the heyday of Spawn, that was when the first crossover with Batman occurred. And it was decent, but obviously contrived. This is yet another contrived reason for these characters to cross over. But they... But but what McFarlane and Capullo came up with was a way to update it in the sense that they involve newer sets of characters, namely the Court of Owls uh, and also some of the newer villains that have graced the pages of Spawn since the, uh, the first Spawn Batman crossover. So there's plenty of contrived reasons for spawn to be brought down to batman's level to create an equal playing field a level playing field between the two so that spawn doesn't just wipe the floor with batman with like a single punch or with a magical wave of his hand and another reason to make the court of owls a legitimate threat to both Spawn and Batman. So, you know, the contrived reasons aside, you all, you know, you always have to figure when it, with a crossover like this, it's always something that's just a little bit hokey and or a little bit wonky. But it's fun to see these characters interact. It's fun to see Capullo play in the sandbox again with two characters. He did a ton of really strong artwork on in two separate parts of his career. There is the distinct Greg Capullo Spawn era and a distinct Greg Capullo Batman era. So it's fun to see him revisit these two characters in a different place artistically in his career and just show different ways, you know, just, just kind of flex his, you know, his, his, uh, his art muscles in different ways in this issue. And to me, that was the most fun. I didn't really care for the story so much as just seeing Capullo really run wild with the art and the layouts and some of the other things. You know, as I said, these crossover stories are, are never going to be that great. But, you know, it was entertaining. So, uh, you know, if you're even passingly familiar with the spawn mythos you can pick this up i haven't read spawn since issue number 55 maybe and they're up to whatever number they're on now a lot of numbers later so at the end of the day i had fun reading this but uh you know it's not for everybody and that's it for me Gotcha. And actually, you mentioned something that kind of came up in the Monica Rambo book also, because there was there was a distinct uh, there was a question that was asked by Spidey. It was like, well, why didn't you just go ahead and do this thing as opposed to kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> master and command it, to, as, as he said, which I honestly I had that question also, because like there was a most threats, a lot of threats, unless it's like having to do with the dark force or something, she could pretty much take care of. So I, it was also a question, and she was, and the answer she gave was like, okay. I mean, it was, you know, good, good question. So I, maybe we'll find that out also. But 
uh, rapid fire for myself, as I only have a couple of books left, uh, and keep it on the Batman train, actually, is I Am Batman number 16. There we go. Um, written by John Ridley, art by Kristen Deuce, colors by Rex Locus, and letters by Troy Pateri. Uh, so I wish you would say that in Kevin Conroy voice. What? I, uh, I am, am Batman. Batman. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I feel like I still wouldn't be able to do it justice, but I, I but I do love doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. No, no that was actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, and it's not like I don't think about it when when this when this book comes up. But anyway, um, so. Basically, a, a death that is close to the the uh, Fox family kind of brings them together. But also, apparently, there is uh, a secret, one other secret that um, that uh, most of the family members were not aware of. And sadly, it's something. Um, it's like okay, yeah. It, sadly, it is something. I don't want to say obvious, but it's something kind of almost tropey at this point in, in what it is. And also, unfortunately, it comes out before the person who has the secret uh, gets a chance to say it, which I'm sure that's going to um, bring up something in the next issue. But also, it, a um, uh, as this comes a, a couple of weeks after the last issue, we find that... Uh, both Jace and Tiffany, the youngest sister, know about each other's uh, secret hobbies, and uh, they feel the need to talk about that. But uh, we'll see if they, if and or when they get the chance to do so after what dropped at the end of this um, uh, issue. So, also, yeah, this this Jace's Batman is definitely like Bruce Wayne. You can definitely. Um, take note of that. I mean, if it wasn't painfully obvious by some of the things he's done in doing the cat's flash last 16 issues, much less the last volume of, uh, uh, of, uh, his run. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that, uh, that flips out. But he also kind of, uh, Jace also kind of lets out a secret of his own to someone close to him. And unfortunately he is also a victim of bad timing. So, uh, whether that comes up into anything, we shall see. Um, and the last book for myself is uh, the extension of the book that will never that seems to never die, Savage Avengers number eight, uh, written by David Popose, art by Carlos uh, Magno, uh, color artist Espen Grindigen, and letters by VCs Travis, not Travid, Travis Lanham. So they're still in twenty ninety nine. Um, Doom is pretty much quote unquote on the team or at the very least helping them out because uh some timey wimey events that has to do with uh Deathlock and some and uh how this how the timeline has changed because of this. A lot of this issue kind of read rather familiar if you read the first or the last version I should say of Savage Avengers because near the end of the run or somewhat near the end of the run before uh, Conan left 
to go back to licensing <laughs> somebody else's licensing. Um, a similar type of thing kind of happened that happens here. Um, and, uh, it's a, and, uh, probably, and just like that, uh, a similar, uh, thing on the outset seems to be going on here, except for those two characters that are still around with the exception of just one. Um, so we shall see what happens with that in the next issue. And this has to, this is like, again, in a version of the 2099 universe. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be the one that we know of from back in the nineties, because like I said, there is an event that happens that differs that as far as I know, differs from back then that has to do with, um, some tech and Ultron who is the bad guy here. So, yeah, <clears throat> um, I don't think that's the case. But regardless, like I said, we will see. We will see what happens uh, in the next issue. There was also a fastball special if you like that kind of sort of, sort of thing. But they don't really call it out. But you can tell it's there. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, so clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. And neither of us have too much to pick from, but at least one of our co-hosts, if not both of them, chimed in. They did, actually. Yes. Uh, Tim said he went with uh, Invincible Iron Man number one. Okay. Didn't didn't necessarily give a reason, but I'm going to put this Bob Layton cover up because that's got all the armors. Um, and Doug Dirt says Star Wars Bond 200 number 29, which I did not know he was reading. <laughs> good for him um, yeah I know because I dropped that book up after that whole Crimson Rain thing um, it says that uh, Star Wars Binding Hunters was really fun this week uh, after Valance who basically was the main character uh, for a long time was uh, pulled from the rest of the crew earlier this year to be a part in Darth Vader's plans that's the event I was talking about uh, his path finally butted heads against the rest of them. Plus, they are all ready to tear each other apart, as ragtag, ragtag clans of scum and villainy tend to do. What's his note? Scum and villainy! Of course. Gotta love it. You gotta. Um, so, for Yourself? myself, I'm kind of teetering between Dark Web uh, X-Men number one and Monica Rambo Photon. I'm going to go with Monica Rambo Photon just because I did get a kick out of uh, Monica's mom and dad mm. uh, poking fun at poor Adam Brashear. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I've read that. I was like, oh, man, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I got why? a kick out of it. I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? That's, you know, like I had my own feelings about Invincible Iron Man. I was kind of like a really you know um you know the dark web x-men like the combination of dark web x-men and amazing spider-man i read them you know as i said earlier kind of together and i they kind of fell together as opposed to rising you know like picking each other up sure and you know and 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 and, uh making each other better so that that was it for me so i'm gonna go with monica rambo photon number one Hey, it's a good pick. I'm not, you know, no matter for that one. Um, 
think now folks know me, you know, I, I love me some Monica Rambeau and that would generally be the pick here. Um, especially since it was actually a good issue. And I'm not saying it just because it was her and, and whatever, but it was actually a good reason, a good book as um, Agent 7 was saying. All right, Ron Cat is saying that he's not going to pick it just for the culture. Well, I mean, no, it's not just for the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I look, I have generally loved the character of Monica Rambeau in her, in her iterations. I felt she was done quite dirty in the past because of that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I generally thought she was she's a, a she's a very great character, you know. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Dark Web X Men number one because Amen. for the reasons that I mentioned earlier, especially with the um, and I know we kind of had some issues with um, Duggan's kind of uh, portrayal of the team up that happens in it, but I still kind of enjoyed that it happens and that 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 it still happened. I get it. So, um, and actually, wait, where is the cover? There we go. But, um, yeah, but definitely pick up, uh, Monica Rambo X, uh, Photon, uh, number one, if you are a fan of Monica Rambeau. Um, that being the case, we're going to move on to the news. Uh, can we get one ad read, please? Or one? Our person? first ad read of the night is for Blue Aprons Meal Delivery Service. Blue Apron has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we get into the cinematic news as we do about this time. Starting off with, uh, it seems that um, we may know the premiere window of Marvel's Wonder Man series. Um, it says here that. Um, uh, talk about David Bo Born Again. Talked about uh, Justin Daniel Creighton being produced by. But it looks like the series could be, uh, according to the Writers Guild of America, um, the second half of 2023 or the beginning of 2024 when we see the series. Uh, because apparently the head writer Andrew Guest lists the series for that particular time frame. So that is at the very least the window of when we could see uh, we could see Wonder Man as a show. Uh, but again, things you know that is a fairly decent sized window, even if it makes it. <laughs> it's a it's a broad enough window, also. So next up. I'm sorry, I was just looking at the news because some important news dropped earlier uh -oh. today. 
and I don't think Roddy Cat caught it. Um, but I will read the next one and continue to uh, research it so that I can provide him with a, a new story to put on our sheet to talk about. Okay. Black Panther Wakanda Forever has continued its streak at number one in the domestic box office, holding it longer than any film in 2021 or 2022 so far. The film, which is the final theatrical release from Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, is uh, you know essentially uh, showing that people still want to go to the theater, but you know, apparently they only show up to the theater for certain types of movies. What that, what effect that has on uh, Hollywood and its budgets and its, and, 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 and what it chooses to fund remains to be seen. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it is true. Um, anecdotally. Cause I mean, I know for myself, there's not a whole lot of movies that I would, I would go see <laughs> in the theater. At this point, mm. um, I think that. Oh, I was about to finish your point, and then I'll just chime in. So yeah, so and, and so I can see some of that actually bearing out, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if, if they're using that as a metric for things, is one thing, but at the same time, Hollywood kind of doesn't need that because they are going to fund what they believe is going to be the hot ticket uh, in itself. So, I don't know. I feel like some of that kind of doesn't... I mean, some of that, I'm sure, will bear out one way or the other. Yes, I do have that. Um, uh, Agent 70. Um, on the sheet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I didn't see it, so I'll have to, I have to look. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you oh, just yeah, put I, that in? No, I put that in early. Well, I'm putting it early oh. when I put in the rest of the news, but yes. Gotcha. I'm, I might have had to just re- click reload because it went from uh, a Patty Jenkins story straight to uh, something else. So that's my bad. Uh, no worries. No worries. But we will hit on that for a second. Um, and uh, I don't remember my, my train of thought. Either way, regardless, I said my point. What were we going to say? No, that's that, no, that's pretty much it. You know, like at the end of the day, um you know, we can we can uh, move forward. You know, uh, with our next story. Okay. Uh, good news, everyone. We got the the, the new trailer for Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. I wouldn't call it an official full trailer. It's more of a real teaser. Well, according to IGN, it is. But you're right. And I think our well, actually, I don't know if the Marvel article also says it's official. Um, but I don't, I, I like don't know a, yeah, they, it might be like the official trailer, like the official teaser trailer, right? You know, yeah, our IGN is basically calling the the official trailer, and they a lot of times will call a teaser a teaser if it is. But I do also kind of agree with you. Uh, yeah, having watched it, right? Although to be fair, teaser or not, it's still. I I'm, I would rather have this as an official trailer as opposed to what they normally end up doing because they kind of give a lot uh, more than they should. Right. And this um and, and this particular teaser kind of gave you just enough to be like, all right, yeah, I'm good. Like if you saw the, between this one and the last one they showed, I'm like, no, that's that's pretty much enough. Um, and also as I said on on Twitter, shout out to uh, Lauren Velez. <laughs> Uh, who who is voicing uh, Rio 
uh, Miles's mom, who is pretty much doing the bulk of the voiceover in this uh, in this particular trailer. Right. So, but yeah, it was a good it was a good trailer. Um, like I said, between this one and that the last trailer teaser slash you did, I think that's pretty much enough for me particularly to be like I'm I'm ready for it. Which I already was because let's face it, the last one was great. So <laughs> they they could have given half of this, and I would have been, uh, and I would have said the same thing. Mm. So there also, and I know this article kind of mentions it. There was um, a report going around about the synopsis of the uh, of the movie itself, and I think some of that is actually in this article, but I won't necessarily go th- go into it. But it's in the beat and show notes. If you haven't already seen the trailer and uh, you're interested, and I don't know what's wrong with you if you haven't, you go go check it out. It's out there. Did you? What did you think about it? By the way, it was fun. You know, at the end of the day, I you know what what the the, the beauty of Spider Verse the concept means that Sony gets to play with the concept of these characters, mm-hmm. but not necessarily deal with the quote unquote. OG version of the characters so there could be in fact another Spider-Man 2099 out there that is exactly the way you know it's portrayed in the comics there's another Jessica Drew just like in the regular Spider-Verse that (laughs) is exactly like the Jessica Drew that we see in the 616 yes I was going to bring that up because yes we got a a fairly decent look at the the, the Jessica Drew that is being played by uh, Issa Rae in this trailer and I'm like all right. Let's go for it. It's also weirdly kind of a mix of that new suit, almost almost that new suit that she had for a while uh, recently. I'm like, but which is fine because, like I said, that's so typical of Spider Verse, like in the comics, that once you once you get that concept that you know there's there there's an infinite number of spiders out there, or at least as many as there can be on the web, Hmm. then. You know the, the 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 unfortunately I hate this I hate to put it this way unfortunately Sony has this gigantic um, uh, piece of IP they're never gonna let go let this it is... go let it go Sony let it go right split the pie man split the pie let them have let let, let Marvel have the, the the Spidey folks back um, I guess the one last thing is to say on that uh, Jessica the, the Jessica Drew thing now it is worth noting because I know there has been some hubbub about it. And people clearly don't know the history, and I don't know if this is what they were uh, what they were invoking by um, using this particular version of Spider Woman. But the original version of Spider Woman was a black woman from the Electric Company. <laughs> In the Electric Company, she was a librarian named Val. So y'all could look that up. I'm just saying, and quit being stupid. That being said, hey, I'm with it. Um, next up though. After confirming the film earlier this summer, Warner Brothers Animation Depart- uh, uh, Studios has confirmed the voice cast for the upcoming animated movie Batman The Doom That Came to Gotham. David Giuntoli of Grimm and A Million Little Things will lead the film voicing the Dark Knight, taking on the role of the caped crusader in this Elseworlds classic. Really? That's an Elseworlds classic? I guess I never read it. That features Batman practicing his heroics in the 1920s. He's joined in the film by Tati Gabrielle from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina as Kylie Kane, Christopher Gorham as Oliver Queen, John DiMaggio from Adventure Time as James Gordon, and Patrick Fabian from Better Call Saul as Harvey Dent. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't I don't recall that that if there was a book about this at also, but also I read the title of it. And I was like, wait, there's a crossover with Doctor Doom. Yes, which actually I wouldn't mind seeing that—the <laughs> Batman teaming up with Doctor Doom. But, you know, I, I, I'm looking at the the guest list, the 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 guest star list. I'm like, oh, Tuvok is Lucius Fox. Okay, mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah, like shout out to Tim Russ. So. Um, and some, some and notable David Desmalkian as uh, you know, not 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 saying oh Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some notable names in here, including some was not surprising. Uh, uh, in here, J- Jason Marsden continuing to to do uh, a good bit of voice work, so good on him. And who's um, also Bender from? <laughs> I know they, I know they have John DiMaggio as a Adventure Time, but come on, folks, folks know him as Bender. Futurama, <laughs> probably better. Anywho's, um, I was about to say, uh, you know, what my response is who? So. Oh, you never watched um, Futurama? Not really. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Not really. Wait, I guess you never watched uh, Adventure Time either. So it's a exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. a double who. Like I said, <laughs> who? You yeah. If you've heard his voice before in, in any of those things, you know who you you've. I feel like some some animated thing recently. You have heard his voice. I'll put it this way. Oh, I'm just, sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I just can't think of a character that you would know him from. Probably in an invincible thing, but I can't remember the character he did. Either way, Star Girl was set to launch an uh, an Infinity Inc. spinoff. So going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, apparently. Uh, in an interview with TV Line, uh, Jeff Johns shared that Star Girl was laying down the groundwork for a potential spinoff starring Richard Swift, The Shade, um, and Jenny Hayden, aka Jade. Uh, with the third season's two-part Infinity Inc. arc. Uh, the arc ended with uh, Richard deciding to act as a mentor to Jenny and her twin brother Todd to teach them how to pr- properly control their powers. But since uh, Stargirl, uh, just like the other CW shows, have been um, canceled, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. Or potentially it's not going to happen because it sounds like they're just straight up getting rid of the, CW, uh, the Arrowverse uh, uh, all the way around. Next up. Speaking of the Arrowverse about to be canceled all the way around, Supergirl's Dreamer is set to appear in the Flash's final season. So um, Supergirl actress, you know, the the actress portraying uh, Nia Nal slash Dreamer, Nicole Maines in Supergirl will be reprising that role during the upcoming ninth and final season of the CW's The Flash. Again, Korath... Ooh, thank you. <laughs> Indeed, actually, there was another story about the the Flash and them doing a um another crossover event. <clears throat> Even though there's no other shows to cross over with, I think, but I forgot to pull that. Regardless, um, again with the Arrowverse, uh, star David Ramsey prom- promises good news for DC's uh, fr- uh CW franchise. Uh, responding to fan crest questions on Instagram via the direct, apparently, uh, Ramsey acknowledged the state of the beloved CW shared universe following multiple cancellations, thanking the fans for quote unquote sticking with us, um, and excuse me, uh, thanking fans for sticking with us. Apparently, uh, he then hinted that the smoke is clearing on his Justice You spinoff series. Though he wrote that uh, he can't be specific just yet, but good stuff is in the works. So I guess that thing is still going on. Interesting. Um, 
So I guess we'll like whether we'll see it or not. We'll see. Next up. Next up, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is coming to theaters in March 2023, and it was helmed and it is helmed by the first movie's director, David F. Sandberg. Apparently, uh, during the film's production and even now, Sandberg has shared fun content about the DC film on social media. And he took to Twitter recently to tease a moment in the upcoming Shazam sequel that was inspired by the iconic 1988 anime film Akira. Five will get you ten. Five will get you ten. There's a skidding motorcycle somewhere. Uh, <laughs> not according to this Twitter post, but that's that's also possible. Because now that I think about it, now that you say that, you might be right because of that last trailer. Right. All I'm saying, you know, I'm I'm just guessing here. I'm not looking at the pic, the the Twitter, uh, the the photo he posted on Twitter or anything like that. Right. That's just that's like a uh, something that generally finds its way into other areas of pop culture. You're right. You're right. If you're gonna take something from a Kira, that's gonna be one of the two things. <laughs> one of the three things, rather. Um, right. Speaking of, well, I, um, I was about to say, I think Amazing Spider-Man had a, it was an anime reference, uh, which was kind of funny. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but I, I don't know if that was a, um, a, a hot take on the author's part, but I, th- I found it was funny. Um, where Spidey ended up using a, a, a particular uh, reference of a manga to uh, alight something or to threaten to alight something. So okay. That was kind of funny. Anywho, um, HBO Max announces Black Adam streaming release date. And that date is actually, um, as of this recording, tomorrow. That's crazy. This movie was just in theaters. Well, yes. According to this, um, you know, almost two months later, uh, Black Adam was has begun winding down its theatrical run. Just recently arrived on digital home video which makes uh, HBO Max streaming its obvious next stop. And, of course, it says that HBO Max, uh, according to this article, has officially announced that it will make its streaming debut tomorrow. Now, normally... Oh, yeah, it says uh, that this follows the digital release, which we I think we did talk about previously, uh, which was on November 22nd, which, uh, was, as this article notes, was just pretty much a month after coming to, the- to theaters. So, and as you seven said, and he's right, it is kind of crazy because usually there's at least four months before it, it hits uh, digital and then go to um, then go to streaming. So that doesn't always the case, but more times than not, that's usually the case. So, can you take that as an indictment of how the, well um, the movie did? Kinda. I don't think they would say that, but I'm just going to go ahead and say yes. Which is fine because I wouldn't have been, you know. This will this will save me some trouble in trying to go through, uh, find other ways to uh, watch this thing because I wasn't paying for it directly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anywho, next up. So, in some of the big entertainment news that came out this past week, James Gunn responds to Wonder Woman three axing, which is something we talked about last week, right? Yes. And possible DC franchise turnover, basically saying we are not going to make every single person happy. So James Gunn has been maybe a little too accessible on Twitter. 
in response to the chaotic news that broke, uh, that has been breaking recently about DC Universe films, obviously uh, about Patty Jenkins's Patty Jenkins's uh, Wonder Woman three not moving forward and other DC changes, which we'll be talking about more very shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess James Gunn said it was like he's not here to make friends. I don't know if that was what he was saying, but hey, it's you. You are right. He has been kind of out there. He, little, he's little no. Chat. He's a little too yeah. That's in touch with the fans, mm-hmm. For, especially with this, you know, right. And to kind of keep the train rolling to get to get back to uh, to, to that point, uh, Patty Jenkins. So we did talk about Patty Jenkins and uh, DC kind of parting ways, or well, potentially parting ways on the the Wonder Woman three uh, prod project. And there was rumors, and I think we mentioned that last week about uh, Patty Jenkins. Hey, quotedly reportedly walked off or was the one you know who walked off or walked away from the project but she's basically saying that no she did not as a matter of fact she's also given a uh, an update on rogue one uh rogue squadron excuse me uh, uh in this uh in that because it says here that uh and this is a quote from her I originally left Rogue Rogue Squadron after a long and productive uh, development process when it became clear that it couldn't happen soon enough, and I didn't want to delay uh, Wonder Woman 3 any further. Um, When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman 3, which I was honored to do so, so I agreed. Uh, Then they made a new deal with her, and she's still on that deal, uh, and that project is... Uh, is uh, in active development ever since then. And she doesn't know whether it was going, it's still going to happen or not, but you never know until the development process uh, is complete. Now then, as for Wonder Woman 3, she, um, she went to, as a matter of fact, I saw this on Twitter um, being retweeted. Uh, she basically wrote out a, a full statement and uh, posted it to Twitter. And I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but basically... Uh, she dispelled the rumors that she walked away from it. And uh, I'll just say this little one part. It says, uh, this is simply not true that uh, she walked away from it or killed it. Uh, I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me. It was my understanding that there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they are having to make. So I understand these decisions are difficult right now. And like I said, it kind of goes on from there because if you're watching the video version, uh, you can see the whole statement, which is lengthy um, in this. And like I said, I'm not going to read that, but you can read it for yourself in the show notes. So, and I know, and I'm pretty sure she had to say this because like, like I said, the, 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 the reports and the rumors that say that she was the one who walked away from it probably came from some dumbasses, you know, who <laughs> wasn't crazy about her in the first place doing much, but right. that's speculation. Uh, right. But not outside the realm of possibility. Next up. Right. I mean, look, I was not crazy about Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the story would have gone. Um, you know, but I, it's disappointing that she doesn't get a, a, a crack at trying to uh, uh, take it and finish off, you know, her little trilogy. Right. <laughs> little trilogy. Next up. DC bosses Peter Safran and James Gunn officially made known their plans for the first movie under their regime. It's going to be Superman. 
written <coughs> uh, script for it, written by James Gunn. Uh, it's going to be about uh, Superman's early Superman's early days. It's not an origin story, but a new actor will be sought to play Superman as Henry Cavill. Um, while they, while the DC bosses would like to work with him, he's been informed that he's not part of the next iteration of Superman, given its new direction. And Henry Cavill, in fact, confirmed that, saying it's that his turn to wear the cape has passed. That's where I saw the news. Right. I, you know, like I haven't been as keen, uh, been as uh, tuned into um, uh, what uh, Saffron and Gunn were posting, but I did see the the Henry Cavill post. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I did too, but I also saw the, the, the James Gunn stuff. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I'm slightly curious as to why. And I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever actually get the actual answer to that. You know? All right. But, um, do you have anything, I was about to say, do you have anything in the news about, uh, uh, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but. Um, Henry Cavill's not going back to The Witcher. I'm like, damn. So that was the other part is I was about to bring up. And no, I don't think so. Because I think, so supposedly, the one, there was a rumor that he got off of that project to do Superman. But also right. there was other reports saying that he left that project because he was he was only doing that. Well, obviously he loved to, to for well, obviously people who know, but he loved The Witcher, you know, loved the, the books and the story and all that kind of good mess. But I think he, there was something that came out later that was like, he, there was a stipulation uh, for him to not be the character as to why he got off of that project. Um, And I'm not sure what that stipulation was and I'm not sure if that ever came out, but uh, but Last I checked, yeah, I don't think that's it's probably going to happen that he's going back to The Witcher either, but you never know, you know? You never know with things. Like, he was the one that left that one, supposedly. So I don't... There's like there's bits of that that are still are unknown about that one thing. But like I said, I just know that there are rumors that, like, yeah, he left that for this. But the timing sounds like that could be the case, but doesn't necessarily mean that it is the case. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I so, get it. So, yeah, we don't know Next. whether he could come back to that or not. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. The whole thing is weird. I'm like, there, there's something probably missing in this. But, again, something we'll probably never know. So, mm-hmm. uh, But next up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yatide, um I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. So, uh, Badaki. um is developing a Nigerian vampire TV series and comic with Princess Penny and Sebastian A. Jones. Um, you know, folks may know Miss Badaki from uh, American Gods, um, of course. And uh, it says here that uh, she is uh, developing, that's, she has teamed up with uh, Payback Entertainment, which is the aforementioned um, Insecure showrunner Prentice Penny and Stranger Comics president Sebastian A. Jones. Uh, the, the show slash comic is called Niger Vamp, which is about a Nigerian vampire who's hunger, hunger for eternal life, excuse me, eternal love beyond the flesh. It is described as an irreverent love story to all of those who's ever felt um, othered, wrapped in a blood-soaked coming-of-age self-discovery romp. Um, and then it goes, it goes on from there to telling more of the uh, 
to more of the uh, premise of it. It says that the comic book will launch in summer of 2023, um, but I don't see any potential dates for the show. Next up. Actually, I'm looking at a Hollywood Reporter article oh. that, that we're about to talk about. Okay. But apparently Henry Cavill is attached to another genre product that's related to tabletop oh, yes. gaming. I see that. Yes. <laughs> Which I know he's also big on that one, too. So not I right, guess because that's he's not a giant dork. He's a big, big nerd <laughs> with lots of money. Yes, because that's, true. you know, this particular tabletop game requires lots of money. So what, let's just go ahead. And so, so I won't have to put it in next week. So, yeah, Henry Cavill's <laughs> going to going to be in uh, a Warhammer 40K series for Amazon. So. I'm there saying, it is. It was, it was either that he's going to do some PC building and have a show doing that. I don't know, because I know people, you know, flock to those things um, that he was. I doing. mean, listen. The dude has enough dough to, you know, not even have to go to a micro center. He can just order all the expensive stuff he wants, have it shipped to his home, and he can slap it all together. He seems like big enough, to, big enough nerd to where if he can get away with it, he will actually be going to, to micro center, though, because I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one around me, and I know, and people who know me know that I... That is, I love micro centers so much, but there's not one around me. I would be in one every day if I could. I have not been to the Brooklyn Micro Center in a minute, so, so we'll see when I go there next. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's funny. All right, next <laughs> up, Netflix has nabbed the live action film adaptation of the manga sensation My Hero Academia from Legendary Entertainment, which is best known for its MonsterVerse tentpoles. Joby Harold is penning the screenplay for the live action feature, which will be director and executive producer Shinsuke Sato's English language debut, and we'll see the popular manga property jump to the live action movie realm. Ah, that's the right reaction. All I have to say, yeah, all I have to say is I have a lot of trepidation, and in... you should. And you have, I'm pretty certain you have not seen many of the other uh, live action adaptations of of the other uh, anime, right? Just uh, which call it, Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, ooh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that one, but yeah, there's 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 others, and there's worse. So yeah. I share those trepidations, even though I haven't even seen my hero. But at the same time, I know these live action, these live action things can go bad or entertainingly amusing. Mm -hmm. Like I can't think of one. Well, actually, I can't think of one, but that's a little, a little outside of it. Though, that would be like, yeah, this is great. So, um, and. Anyway, so this is actually might as well go ahead and say that this is going to start our um, anime corner talk. And we continue with actually some sad news because just get away from that live action thing. That's uh, legendary singer Ichiro Mizuki passes away at uh, 74. That's not a name that a lot of people will know here in the states, and and I admit, uh, um, um, there's the the the. It's hard for me to come up with them, even though I have watched a couple of things that that, that he's sung with. But 
Uh, according to his talent agency, uh, his he passed on December sixth um, at six fifty p.m. due to lung cancer, which apparently he um, uh, he revealed his diagnosis last uh, July of this year. So that that's, sucks. Yeah, that does. Uh, Mizuki made his uh, last public appearance in November at the 49th uh, Song Festival held in Tokyo, where, uh, where before performing the opening to Mazinga Z, he expressed to his fans his wish to get well and come back to performing full-time as soon as possible. Um, who says he has friends and family stuff. and does it, He's basically at a private uh, funeral for close friends and family per request. And there's another more public ceremony for the public. That's good. That was, um, that will be held at a, a later date. So <clears throat> if you're a fan of common writer, he, um, he basically sung the theme songs for to a few of them. Uh, it doesn't necessarily go into the anime that he's, that he's sung, but I, I feel like there's probably one, uh, most people would probably know. Uh, I would have to go look at his um, look at his uh, stuff to to get a full picture because this article doesn't really go through everything. So, but yeah, he's basically they says he's the, like the voice of anime and manga and and also um, tokusatsu. Uh, so yeah, next up. All right, so this has spoilers for the most recent episode of Spy X Family or Spy Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that came out this past Saturday. There's a new one coming out, I believe, this coming Saturday. Correct. So, we got two more. Um, essentially, your forger has an insane level of strength, and essentially the uh, the hyperbole that's in this headline is you know, it, it, it isn't as far-fetched as it seems. Right. Because your forger basically destroys a tennis ball and something <laughs> that's just insane. You know, the, the last two episodes have been about the secret, you know, uh, 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 I forget the name of it now. It's an it, underground it's, tennis it, tournament, basically. No, no, it's an underground tennis tournament, but it's like named after Wimbledon. Yeah, the, oh, the Campbelldon. Campbellton, that's yes. it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. It's been several days since I watched it. So, <laughs> um, but um, but uh, uh, you know, it, you know, this underground tennis tournament is just uh, you know was a uh, a means of breaking uh, Fiona away with um, with with uh, Lloyd Forger. And, you know, and, and basically giving us some insight into her feelings for Lloyd and what she feels like um, uh, your is, is is worth. And then she gets shown up basically saying, oh, wow, this chick is, you know, is is, uh, is serious. What I what I realize in this article is that they actually tip off the fact that there's going to be more Fiona looking into your going forward. Yeah, and uh, and the 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 show itself also did, uh, given you know what what happens near the end, or mm-hmm. even after the um, you know what basically near the end, and I guess the little the little mini scene after the credits or right. what have you. So that it, that that whole part tickled me though. Though um, if you haven't seen it already, I won't go into it. But um, yeah, if you've seen at the very least the the start of uh, Spy Family. 
you kind of already get a sense of uh, yours um, strength. So, Capabilities, yes. let's say. Yes. So this probably would not uh, surprise you, but it's still funny. Yep. So definitely check it out. Um, Buddy Daddy's yeah, reveals... Like, what's that? No, that's you know what I was going to say? Hold on. No, no, go ahead. Imagine Mr. and Mrs. Smith with a kid and they still don't know what each other does. Right. Basically. To which, and that's the part that, that's, going, that's making me sad because I, I'm usually how some of the stuff kind of goes when they get to the point where they find out what each other does. Yes, the shoe's going to drop in, and while it might end up being good in the end, it's like, oh, this gonna, they're going to leave it on a bad note. Because we only got, to, like, two episodes left. Uh, if, right. if yeah, in this uh, next part, which I guess is the, the end of the season, uh, what have you. And then it's going to be another long wait for the next part, or next season. So, I don't know. I can't say for certain if they're going to do what I'm thinking they're going to do, but if they do, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> 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 so anyway um buddy daddy's reveals uh and again we neither one of us have read the the, the manga so we don't have any prior knowledge of any of that and we don't you know don't necessarily need it so i'm sure if you know good for you um anyway buddy daddy's reveals premiere date with funny character promo and i believe since this article's come out there's been a couple but <clears throat> As reported by Anime News Network's Buddy uh, Daddies will unveil a character video each week for four weeks until the anime uh, airs in uh, January, January. Excuse me. Uploaded on Aniplex's YouTube channel, the first video revolves around Kazuki Kurisu, uh, a gambler and womanizer who constantly runs away from love. The video shows Kazuki engaging in his usual day-to-day activities like disguising himself as an employee and tasing people. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And like I said, this article has been out five days ago, so I'm sure there's another one coming uh, coming soon, if not already out, because I don't know when uh, when, it, when, the, when the release date's on those ones. But if you're interested in this particular show, it's going to air start airing at uh, January 6th or in Japan. Next up. Uh, the Way of the House Husband Season 2 has landed a release date on Netflix. I still have not finished Season 1. I apologize, folks. Huh. It, the first season was released on, in 2021. I just, you know, there's, there's something about the style of it that just, you know, made me turn away from it. Didn't and then it, I yeah. turned into, like, you know, serial killer stuff on Netflix. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, click, click play, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I watched Wednesday. And then, <laughs> as, you as know, a lot of people so, have, you know, exactly. So I still have not yet gone back to Way of the House Husband. Gotcha. So the release date for season two is January 1st. Wow, that is coming up soon, folks. So I need to, you know, maybe not right away, but uh, finish up this. Um, uh, way the house husband that's on Netflix now in advance of December of January first, twenty twenty three, a couple of weeks away. Right. I mean, it's pretty short because I think it's only ten episodes, and they're basically they're they're relatively short um, episodes, right. if I'm not mistaken. Right. So. Which doesn't, yeah, which obviously is a bad sign if I can't even sit through that. Well, or the sign is it's just not not for you. You know, it's just, exactly. sometimes it happens that way. So exactly. <laughs> uh. Good news, folks. 
Demon Slayer, um, Swordsman, Swordsmith Village Arc uh, TV anime airs in April 2023. So that's how long we have to wait for the next <laughs> Um uh because this, as we said last week there was a uh um there was an announcement for this that was coming and this is the announcement and I will let uh, agent 70 talk about the other part of that announcement actually cuz I I wish I'd watched that video but I didn't but nevertheless what the next the next uh, article Oh no no I will I will it's just that um uh which one you wish you would watch the the trailer well, because I think they had like a whole like it was like a twenty minute presentation for the for the whole thing, and I don't know what I, I just yeah I just wanted to see what was in that, uh, but I didn't get a chance to, or I didn't take the chance to, I should say. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Right. So yeah, you should watch the official trailer. Yeah. So Animax of America and Crunchyroll announced the upcoming release of Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba to the Swordsmith Village. That's the uh, it's uh, it, which is going to be a feature length cut of episodes ten and eleven of the Entertainment District arc, right? Which is like the last you know kind of cinematic feeling uh, two episodes of that arc, and then the extended episode one, you know, surprisingly long of the upcoming Swordsmith Village arc in 4K with remastered audio and premiered as part of a world tour and a later theatrical release. So uh, the red carpet premiere event in Los Angeles will be held on February 18th at the Orpheum Theater, featuring appearances by Natsuki Hanai, Tanji, who plays Tanjiro Kamado, Anaplex producer Yuma Takahashi, and a performance by Aimer. Tickets for the event will go on sale starting January 7th on Ticketmaster. Good luck. It's Ticketmaster, folks. <laughs> yeah, and I apologize because I <laughs> forgot to. Yeah, because that was the part that I forgot to mention in the last article. In that um, the first episode of the new arc is going to be an hour. Right. That's so. why I I, I I I I I very surreptitiously mentioned that right. it was longer than normal. Right. So. Still, so yeah. If you like, you just said if you can't get a get a, a ticket to 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 see uh, that good luck <laughs> <laughs> um, that would also almost I was about to say there's some Taylor Swift fans who would uh, commiserate with you yeah oh they're they're still on about that mess um, I was about to say I, I'm sitting here thinking like is this one of the things I would actually go to the theater for and I'm kind of tearing on maybe because it's long, because there's a lot to watch, mm-hmm. right? And those last two episodes of the Entertainment District arc are so, like, they are theatrical. Right. The way they're animated are just, you know, I can just imagine what it would look like on a movie screen. Yeah, they put some, they, they definitely put some time in on, on that and some money. Um, which I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, wait, I've vaguely remember those last two um those episodes like i kind of remember them saying it was leading up to to going to the village or whatever or to the source because i do remember what happened in the, the arc but there's parts of it i don't remember so i might actually revisit those anyway regardless anyway um near automata sets release date for new anime and that date is in japan uh january 7th so man that first week of anime i mean first week of january is gonna have a couple of a <laughs> couple of joints 
uh, coming out. It says there that uh, Crunchyroll confirmed via press release that uh, they will be streaming the new anime. Uh, yeah, that they will be streaming the new anime and uh, the, the date that I remember, uh, that I just uh, said. So, if Japan is the the um, is the date that is uh, is the seventh, then chances are we'll probably get the next date, the, the next day simulcast or something like that. The way they do that stuff. So, but according to this article, well, yeah, it's only a few weeks ago. Right? I know there are some near Automata fans. I am kind of one of them. So I'm even though I've never finished the game, uh, I am looking forward to checking this out. Next up. Dragon Ball's creator, Akira Toriyama, is going to be heavily involved in a project to animate one of his older one-shot series, Sandland. So Sandland was released in 2000, soon after the end of uh, Toriyama's original run on Dragon Ball. It's a dark fantasy story set in a dystopian world where water has become scarce and much of the earth has been reduced to a lawless desert wasteland. Um... Let's see here. So uh, more information will apparently release uh, this weekend, December 17th. Indeed. I was trying to think of the other um, Toriyama thing that actually got got a reference in Dragon Ball, but I can't remember it at this point. So, anywho. Um... Hayao Miyazaki's uh, next film, How Do You Live, is coming in 2023. Um, it was revealed on Twitter uh, from Studio Ghibli's uh, uh, Twitter account. And uh, um, yeah, there's a, I guess there's a poster or a, yeah, there's a poster for the film which depicts a sketch of what appears to be a bird-like creature on it. Uh, the exact date is uh, July 14th, 2023, if I had not said that. And I probably did. So, there you go, Miyazaki uh, Ghibli, Studio Ghibli fans. Mm-hmm. Have at it. Next there up. There it is. Next up, so we're transitioning over into the manga news. So, uh, here's a, an appropriate for this next story sound effect. So Dragon Ball Super, the manga, is coming back to Shonen Jump. The next chapter, ha- you know, with it having been on hiatus for a little while, while uh, the um, the Dragon Ball Super superhero movie was out, chapter 88 of Dragon Ball Super will publish on December 20th in Shonen Jump. Uh, the new release will be featured in V-Jump under the care of artists Akira Toriyama and Toyotaro. Okay. Sorry. And that's um, it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Space Brothers manga is in final stage with ending planned soon. Uh, the official newsletter for Chuya Koyama's Space Brothers manga uh, revealed on Tuesday that the manga is now in its final stage with the ending planned soon. Uh, the Koyama previously revealed in January that he plans to start the final arc of the manga this year. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Koyama also stated back in 2017 uh, that the manga was heading toward its quote-unquote last spurt, and also I don't know how many years the manga will continue, um, but the last spurt is coming. 
So I have heard of Space Brothers and I've seen the manga out there and I want to say there was an anime ad- adaptation. Um, or, yes, 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 yes. The manga inspired a 2012 to 2014 television series and also a 2012 live action film. Uh, but I've never watched or, or read it myself, but I know there are fans out there, so there you go. Next up. Next up, I would get this story. <laughs> so Attack on Titan is moving into its final days, and it seems the hit series is rolling out a few big projects to celebrate the anime's end. With the show slated to return to air next year, all eyes on are on Eren as his violent journey promises to close soon. So... Uh, Thanks to a new announcement, we have learned Attack on Titan is about to come to life like never before, but it's going to come to life in virtual reality. Attack on Titan is about to get an official Oculus project, and it will ask fans to eliminate Titans alongside greats such as Levi and Mikasa. Uh, the update went live this week as Attack on Titan VR Unbreakable. Uh, Universe, U-N-I-V-R-S, uh, the developer behind Little Watch, Little Witch, I'm sorry, Little Witch Academia VR has been working on the ambitious project for some time now. According to current estimates, the Attack on Titan game will go live the summer of 2023 and will be available in both English and Japanese. The game itself will be fairly simple as Attack on Titan will ask fans to hunt down Titans using the omnidirectional gear, mobility, equipment. Fans will take to the skies using the Oculus and slay Titans left and right. Excuse me, and be scared poopless by Titans about to chomp you in two. Yeah, I hope they, because I know VR in itself already has, um, you know, people that have uh, motion sickness issues that it affects them. So I can only, I hope they had that figured out for that (laughs) that game, because that's going to fuck some folks up. Oh, let me tell you, if you have never watched, like, if you've only watched what Roddy Cat watched, that's mm. still enough to understand how that omnidirectional gear works and how that might really screw you up when you're watching, when you're uh, engaging with it in VR. Right. I, I, I mean, they've VR has come a good bit of ways and they've kind of, uh, you know, worked some things out, but still, um, I... I I'm curious to see. I, I don't know if there's any like footage in this um, little snippet that they have on, on this announcement, no, there but yeah. there's not. I just have it playing. Oh, okay. I, I don't see any. Yeah. But you know, I can just imagine what it would look like given right. the description. Exactly. So. So, you know what? I'm still not going to get an Oculus, but <laughs> you know what? What would make you get one? If Not there was anything. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> what if it's a Haikyuu game? <laughs> you mean play volleyball in my living room as opposed to going to a court? I mean, technically you could do that probably on VR, but yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'm going to go to a court and play volleyball. <laughs> and it'll be just as fun, you know. It's been a long time since I played volleyball for real, so. Agent 70 is not down with the, the, the Nintendo Switch set. Um, anywho... Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid gets new scenario to make game faster and paint Hexamas to win prizes. Whatever that means. Uh, see, Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid is a fun board game that lets you create your own Power Rangers team and face off against various villains. 
uh, says here that throughout the years, Renegade Game Studios has launched several expansions and even new scenarios that will let you change up how the game's played. Um, it says, you're going a little further, it says that the latest scenario is titled Monster of the Week, and it's designed to basically speed up gameplay so that you can be done quicker. Um, in turn, this should allow you to play more games and try more combinations. So, and you can apparently uh, download the new scenario uh, rules and give it a go, according to this article. So, hey, if you are if you are aware of this game, have at it. Next up, Transformers Reactivate is an online action game developed by Splash Damage. A closed beta will be held sometime next year so splash damage is a british developer it's going to be an online action game coming to pc and consoles okay yeah i don't know how i feel about this one um because i think splash damage does like like first person shooters and and stuff like that so there's probably going to be some of that in here but that trailer i don't know the trailer for it got me curious but also got me kind of uh not wanting to mess with this, given what it what it feels like is going to happen. But like I said, I'll look for look at it a little bit more because uh, I feel like it's probably not going to focus on what you want, and that's the Transformers. So, anywho, um, speaking of new games, uh, there's a new Justice League open world game that was announced that I don't remember seeing anything about, but nevertheless. Um, it says that DC's Justice League Cosmic Chaos was announced for pretty much everything. I won't go through all of the um, all of the, the platforms, but yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, and it's being developed by PHL Collective and polished by Outright Games. Only one of those two that I know anything about or heard have even heard of. It says here that the title is pitched as an open world action adventure game and is set to release worldwide on March 10th, 2023. Um, no price given as of this article or at least disclosed, but the announcement has been accompanied by an announcement trailer that confirms two player local co-op. Um, I didn't remember seeing this in the game awards, so I don't recall that this being one of, unless it was something that came out prior to, and this art style on this uh, image here, uh, kind of sways a little bit more, uh, all ages slash kitty. So, I don't know. But, hey, we'll see. Next up. Uh, Superman Lost from Christopher Priest and Carlo Pagulayan has been announced. Let me get this article up. Uh, let's see here. Um, they are reuniting. I didn't know that they worked together, to be honest. Neither did I. For a- for a 10-issue Superman series, Superman Lost, the first issue of Superman Lost will be available at local comic book shops on March 14th. Okay, that's cool. Oh, wait, so they work together on Deathstroke. Oh, wow, and I read Deathstroke, so I guess I should have known that, but that's, yeah, okay. Cool. Oh, right, the Rebirth one. Yes, I did read that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Maybe I'll check this out. Who knows? Um, and yeah, and if that wasn't uh, known yet, we have moved into the comic book. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, know, uh, I should play a transition. 
Very good. Uh, Batman artist Jorge Jimenez shares a bold, imposing uh, Superman's portrait. Superman portrait. Um, the only reason why I put this in here is because it, it was cool looking. <laughs> uh, says the the art blurk is a black and white version of the final page from Batman 127, which saw the Man of Steel making a surprise appearance in order to save Batman's life. Uh, I guess spoiler alert for Batman 127, which is like three issues ago. Right. Um, from failsafe face uh, failsafe excuse me uh we just cut to the picture if you're watching the video version of the podcast and you should sometimes you can see the um the 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 image at hand looks pretty good even even without being uh, colored so next up Alrighty, so uh, one of Marvel's all-star writers, Donny Cates, that's arguable, and one mm-hmm. of DC's legendary artists, Greg Capullo, may be teaming up for a new Marvel project. Uh, on December 8th, Capullo shared a post on Twitter asking fans, I'm about to Marvel up. Cool with that? The next day, Cates quote tweeted Capullo's message following up with a GIF image of Tom Cruise's Maverick from the original Top Gun. One, um one where the high-flying pilot smiles and puts on a pair of aviator sunglasses. Whether the two are working on something together or this is a simple reaction to of one creator to another remains to be seen. But interestingly, Cates has left his high-profile books at Marvel. So it might be in preparation for something new because it seems like Cates still has a relationship with, you know, m- you know uh, Marvel Publishing. Right. I'm not sure why he wouldn't. it's just that it's it's you know he exited both hulk and thor roughly around the same time right guessing he was finished with the stories there um assumably also um he should have used well he could have used you could be my wingman anytime that would have been the one to use if you know but i guess he didn't want to be too on the nose if that if this is indeed a collaboration between the two um I don't know. Capullo coming back to Marvel, it's cool. You know? <laughs> Kate's, I can kind of see them matching up for whatever, you know, Kate's style of writing and, and Capullo's art. I can see them kind of matching up depending on what they end up doing. Sure. So, I don't know. Next up, though. Um, yeah. The Beyonders Mad Plan for the Marvel Universe is revealed in Avengers Beyond. And this is where I say, you know, I figured that Defenders Beyond stuff was going somewhere. I wasn't expecting it to be this. So this March, the Avengers will finally realize the shocking truth behind their latest action-packed adventures when they confront the one and only Beyonder in uh, Avengers Beyond. Um, and Agent 7 is going to love this because uh, Agent because uh, Avengers Beyond will continue Derek Landy and Greg Land's uh, bold Avengers saga as the omnipotent uh, orchestrator, and I didn't mean to break that up like that, but hey, um, <clears throat> excuse me, behind the groundbreaking original Secret Wars Returns for Vengeance and hatches his laser screen schemes for the Marvel Universe. Now, I mentioned Defenders Beyond because I don't think Agent 70 uh, read it, but Beyonder was definitely in that, and at the end, it did tease that he was going to be back in some way, shape, or form. In fact, the uh, Right before he left the pages, he did something. Some some other pages, which is kind of weird. But hey, that's, that's either that one. 
uh, you know, there. And I think that was Al Ewing, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't directly know if that's going to fall into this, but I, sus- I suspect probably. Um, it also says that, um, oh, it talks about uh, All Out Adventures, which, oh, that would make a whole lot of sense then. If the Beyonder has is the one, because we still don't know necessarily who's beyond, who's behind what's going on in, in All Out Avengers, it would make some sense if it's the Beyonder. Given what we what we've uh, seen in that book, but regardless, or um, and it says here that Avengers Beyond is going to start this March, like it says, and yeah, that's going to be something. <laughs> I don't mind the Beyonder stories. It's just Greg Land's got to go away. Go away, Greg Land. <laughs> go away. Yeah. So, Next. so, so if that all-out oh, Avengers ends up coming into what this is going to be, maybe they tipped their hand a little earlier by this, but or maybe not. We don't know what's going on in that thing. But next up, Marvel's Jeff the Land Shark leaps. From an Eisner-nominated webtoon to print in an all-ages comic by Kelly Thompson and Guri Hero, that is. So uh, it's Jeff number one by um, you know uh, you know that's it's going from that uh, Eisner-nominated webtoon to print in a special one-shot comic. All right, so it's Jeff number one by writer Kelly Thompson and the artists known as Guri Hiru. Collect sh- this is a collection of short stories about the land shark that were originally published as a vertical scrolling webtoon on the Marvel Unlimited digital service. The comic features guest appearances by many Marvel regulars, including the Avengers, Spider Man, and Captain Marvel. The comic will be available on March 29th with a cover by Guri Hiru. Okay. So, one, I did not know that those. Um uh, Infinity Comics um, um, applied to as um, webtoons, but I guess it makes sense because they're pretty much the same style. So, but it is definitely on Marvel Unlimited as a as one of Infinity Comics. Uh, two, I didn't know uh, Guri Hiru was more than one artist. So same, yeah. So go for news to me. Yeah. Uh, well, why are you not loading? There we go. Uh, Black Panther confronts... What's up, Benji Games 2? Nice to see you. Uh, Black Panther confronts the person responsible for his Wakanda exile. And this is, uh, I guess, a preview for uh, Black Panther number 12, which I believe is the next issue. Um, Yes, is a new story arc that finds the Black Panther no longer king of Wakanda and trying to repair his relationship with with the Avengers. Oh, wait, is that... I don't remember what the last issue was, but um, now that I think about it. But I think I, we did just get a reveal in the last issue of Black Panther. That much I do know. Um, so, yes, uh, basically comicbook.com, shout out to Tim, um, has a has a preview of Black Panther number 12 by uh, John Ridley, Herman uh, Peralta, C.C. De La Cruz, and V.C. Josepino. So you can check out that uh, preview if you are so inclined. Next. In not exactly unexpected news, Marvel has announced, Marvel has announced a new Doctor Strange series. In an article written by our very own at Dog 98 
make sure to click on it and give that man some clicks and some reads and some likes and reposts and whatever. Doctor Strange, no surprise, will be returning shortly in a new self-titled ongoing series in March of 2023. It's going to be helmed still by Jed McKay, which means this is all part of some sort of long game under Jed McKay's watch, which is great. Joining Jed McKay on Doctor Strange is artist Pasquale Ferry, who is currently illustrating Namor Conquered Shores. And um, that's, you know, that's that's good news because, um, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like, at least in Tim's article, that the major players in the current Strange series, namely Clea and Wong, are going away anytime soon. Oh, and, and Alex Ross will be providing covers. Yes, if you're watching the video version, you can see one of them uh, right now, which it looks like uh, the classic version of the Agent one is also uh, on here, in here for some reason, or for whatever reason. So, interesting. Um, yeah, and like, well, this goes back to stuff we were talking about earlier with the with the where stuff is placed. So, but, um, so we'll see if that even gets addressed. Uh, why? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Usagi Yojimbo crossover, where, when from Stan Sakai coming 2023. So, uh, yes, the turtles and the, uh, samurai rabbit will once again meet, uh, um, and Stan Sakai, again, will write and draw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Usagi Yinjibo Where When, which is a five-issue miniseries from IDW Publishing, partnering with uh, Dogu Publishing and Paramount uh, Consumer Products. The owner is of the turtles. And features colors by Hi-Fi. Um, see, the first issue goes on sale in March... And then the article just goes into the history between uh, the, the Turtles and Usagi Yojimbo, which goes back to 1984. So, there you go. Next up. So, to celebrate the three decades since, the fan-favorite TV series Star Trek Deep Space Nine debuted, IDW has proudly announced the April 2023 launch of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Dog of War, a wild new five-issue comic book miniseries bringing back everyone's favorite space station crew. The Dog of War marks the comic book debut of celebrated novelist Mike Chen, who wrote Star Wars Brotherhood Here and Now, and then partnered with Star Trek comics artist extraordinaire Angel or Angel Hernandez, who did Star Trek Picard, Stargazer, and Star Trek Discovery Adventures in the 32nd Century, to create a lost episode set within the timeline of the OG Deep Space Nine show. Okay. Yeah, apparently Mike Chen has uh, some, some uh, he, he likes um, uh, uh, Deep Space Nine, and I don't blame him, because that's my favorite track. Ding! <laughs> it's a good track. It's it's a great trick. It really is, and I think I don't know if that the. Uh, I was about to say it's good until you get to the wacky ending. That's my problem. Agreed. No, I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, everything leading up to that. Well, everything to a certain point to getting to that is great, 
but yeah, once right. it gets to that last that last little yeah, bit, I'm wacky like, ending Ooh. really left a bad taste in my mouth for mouth for Deep Space Nine. So, yeah, but yeah. I love Deep Space Nine up until like that ending, you know, like that series of events in the story that lead to the ending. Agreed. Yes. And if you want to see where it gets picked up, we talked about the the, the new ongoing Star Trek uh, um, uh, comic book, which we've been talking about the last uh, month or two. Well, yeah. Yep. Month. And yeah, last but not month. least, folks. Last but not least. Indeed. I am happy to get this one. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons classic cartoon returns with a new miniseries. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, Guess what, folks? We're getting another round of those uh, of that uh, Saturday morning adventures uh, miniseries. Uh, this one's going to be four issues, but still and still uh, published by IDW, and of course takes place in the world of the animated Dungeons and Dragons uh, Saturday morning uh, cartoon. Which this also marks the first of these uh, comic books that is actually set in a world that was actually on Saturday morning because the Turtles and G.I. Joe were not. Although I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure there was a version of the Turtles that probably ended up on some Saturday morning, regardless. Um, CBR says, uh, can, has exclusively revealed that Dungeons & Dragons Saturday Morning Adventures will hit shelves March 2023. And uh, if you are aware of the uh, Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, I'm sure you can find clips out there on YouTube. If not, um, it was very loosely based on the 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 um, the, the the tabletop uh, <laughs> series, but you know, still had some some things there for it. Um, shout out to Diana. I hope they do right by her. That's all I got to say about that. Um, I was going to get the creative team on this, but uh, I'm not seeing. That. Oh, here we go. David M. Buher and Sam Maggs um, with artwork by George Cambadius. Uh, and yeah, that's that. So, and that's that, folks. Um, that is the end of the news for tonight. Can we get one more ad read? Our last ad read of the night. You know what we read when it's late and we're tired. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. There's still time to get some stuff, folks. It may not get to you before Christmas, though. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, the CSPN link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment... That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Hey, and if you do happen to get something, especially through the app, don't forget to to hit that tip your driver button because they work hard all the time. So, you know, even though some of them will just drop your shit in the middle of nowhere or on top of your your air conditioner or something like that. But, you know, hey, they still work a lot hard. They got a lot to do. Um, anywho, that is the end of this here show for tonight. I'm like, yo, that sounded a little, like, too, you know, too much based on personal experience. Maybe? Maybe not. Um, I mean, I had, listen, I have found a Marvel legend... 
that an Amazon driver dropped at the weirdest spot, like literally on the porch of my next door neighbor, like behind their gate. I was like, yo, do you not read numbers? Right. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Between my door and the, the aforementioned uh, air conditioner is a good four or five feet. <laughs> so they just like, okay. So at any rate, um, I also back back to that last story. I, I saw that Dungeons and Dragons thing. I was like, okay, now I got some stories that I would wouldn't mind doing for the Saturday morning adventures. Since now they're doing Saturday morning, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. There's a couple of them I could think of that would probably be good good fodder for that stuff. But I'm sure they've started thought of that themselves. But you know what? That's another time because we're ending this show. Um, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent uh, underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com and there's other little sites there in. Tim, D-O-G-D-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter. Uh, TheClickNation.com. And of course, the aforementioned comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on Cole's Leather Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. You can also find this recording every Thursday night, uh, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, PM that is, on youtube.com slash theclicknation and twitch.tv slash comicbookchronicles. Oh, sorry folks but yeah we'll be back next week um same bad time same bad channel yeah no movie protocols folks we're not running out to see avatar hell no um it'll be days before christmas and actually hmm it'll be my mom's birthday so we might there may or may not be a show no, there will, there will be because that's just about what we're doing is kind of early, but we'll see. There, there may be a a shift in the day. Uh, Not a big deal uh, on that, but I will. That will be known then. Um, Not a big deal at all. But with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. And knowing is half the battle. 